today we're going to talk about hobbies and your hobbies and how can you get back into having hobbies and doing things for the sole purpose of just enjoyment versus productivity or health or wellness or anything like that. You're listening to the All Figured Out Podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Barr. As a career coach for parents, a mom, an entrepreneur, and someone who spent 10 plus years in the corporate world, I still don't have it all figured out. And maybe you don't either. In this podcast, I'll share tools and strategies that I use with my clients. And in the many areas where I don't have things figured out, I'll be bringing you some amazing guest experts to help us fill in the gaps. So tune in each week as we explore how to make career and life decisions that truly work for you, your family, and your big goals. Let's make moves. Hello, welcome back. You are listening to another episode of the All Figured Out podcast with myself, yours truly, Andrea Barr. Thank you so much for coming back and joining me. I just want to say a, a really huge thank you for those of you who have been with me from the beginning or who might just be tuning in for the first time. I have loved every minute of recording this podcast and putting out my thoughts and bringing some amazing guests into the world on this platform. And uh, yeah, I just want to say thank you. Those of you who show up and when I get to see the downloads and those of you who are listening, it just really makes it all feel like there's there's somebody out there. It's kind of a funny platform in that way where you can't really get the immediate feedback. So thank you. I've really, uh, I've really enjoyed doing this for you and, and for myself. And it actually kind of lends well into the topic of today, which is hobbies, which we will get into in a minute. However, I just want to just do a quick plug for an episode that I recorded a few weeks back on your ideal schedule. I still have a download available for those of you who were planning to download the download, the free resource that went along with that episode, but you forgot because you were driving or doing dishes or something of the sort. It's still available. You can get it in the show notes in this episode here. Uh, Highly recommend you go back and listen to that episode if you have no idea what I'm talking about. I talk all about your ideal schedule and how do you come back to that? How do you create a schedule that works for you and your family, but one that feels like you're in control of versus, I don't know if this is anybody else's feeling like this, but sometimes it just feels like your schedule owns you versus you owning your schedule. So go back, have a listen to that. You can grab the free resource in the show notes here, or you can always visit my website, andreabar.com. And there is a free resources tab where I have lots of different resources, one of which being this ideal schedule template. And in that, you're going to find a fillable Google Doc that you'll get access to, which is basically just a way for you to go through your ideal day, week, month, quarter, year. And you could do this over and over and over again. And you can do this with a partner. You can do this on your own. You could do this for a weekday or a weekend. And it's a really cool exercise to just say, if you were to just take all obstacles away, like what is your ideal schedule look like? And then you can bring it down realistically and say, okay, what do we actually want our schedule to look like in the next season of life that we have coming up here? So go check that out. So let's talk about hobbies. First of all, when was the last time you actually heard the word hobby? I feel like it's something that we talk about so much as a kid or as you're you know, looking to apply to university or maybe in a job interview, but I don't even think it's that common anymore for someone to ask you about your hobbies. When was the last time you were at a party or a dinner and someone's like, so what are your hobbies? No, it's always, what do you do for work? Oh, you have kids as well. How old are your kids? Oh, that's great. What are they into? Like We never actually talk about ourselves and our hobbies and our interests, which is 
That's so interesting. That could be a whole other episode. But today we're going to talk about hobbies and your hobbies and how can you get back into having hobbies and doing things for the sole purpose of just enjoyment versus productivity or health or wellness or anything like that. As I was planning this episode, I was doing a bit of research and I was just, you know, thinking and dreaming about hobbies as you do when you're planning for an episode. And honestly, I got so excited to record this and I started to almost feel like I was reinvigorated by the idea of coming back to my own hobbies. I am personally in a season of life where I have very little controllable time. Like I don't have windows of time where we have, I mean, talking about a schedule, we really don't have a schedule and I don't really have, you know, on Tuesdays, I have 30 minutes that I can do this from two to 2.30 uh, because I have a newborn. And so it makes me feel excited to think about this for myself. So as much as, you know, like I do for most of these episodes, as much as I'm recording this for you, I have been kind of inspired myself to really think about my hobbies. And I hope the same for you. I hope that whatever season of life that you're in, this could really get you to tap back into some of that childlike mentality around interests and hobbies and just doing things for fun. As I was reflecting on the hobbies and uh, hobbies that I've had or just hobbies that have become popular over the years, one that I'm laughing about is the adult coloring book. And I laugh in a good way because I think that was such an amazing movement that happened a couple years back. I don't know if it was a movement, but it was definitely a huge trend where people were buying adult, quote unquote, adult coloring books why it had to be adult versus children, I don't know. But they were really beautiful. And they would come with, you know, colored pencils. And I think Indigo, Shoppers, Amazon, like you could buy them everywhere. And it became a really huge thing. There was Forbes articles that were written about them where they were talking about the benefits of, you know, the psychological benefits and mental health reasons why you should be doing adult coloring or you should just be coloring in general. And uh, there's something to it, you know, as kind of hokey as it sounds or as much as people kind of jump on the bandwagon, companies really get on board and commercialize something like that. Sometimes I think these types of, you know, commercial trends can actually really be great. And I think what that did is it gave us a reminder that hobbies and doing things just honestly for fun, for zero reason other than enjoyment is so important. And there was a lot of mental health, you know, I don't know if there were studies that were done necessarily, but a lot of people were just touting the mental health reasons why we should be tapping back into hobbies and doing things for enjoyment. So I did a bit of research because I wanted to know, you know, what are some of those research studies and uh, and things that have been done around the idea of hobbies and their benefit. And there's a ton of research out there and a few interesting stats that I found. Uh, one was from the American Psychological Association, the APA, and they actually found in a study that 71% of adults reported feeling less stressed after spending times on time on their hobbies. So people who were engaging in hobbies, they did just, you know, a pre and a post assessment to see, you know, how stressed do you feel before? How stressed do you feel after? That's incredible. And I think it's kind of, yeah, duh, that makes sense. That's obvious. But when you really, really think about that and you think about all the different other stress relief tactics out there that I would say it can be stress relievers for some people and not for others. I'm thinking, you know, exercise, it's great. It doesn't always relieve stress for everybody. For some people, it kind of adds to their stress potentially. Um, or meditation, that's a really big polarizing one. For some people, they're just not in a space where closing their eyes and being quiet with their thought is a safe place for them. However, hobbies, 71% of people felt less stressed after spending time on their hobbies. I think that's pretty incredible. 
What I think is really cool about this is when we say hobbies, it's a huge, huge umbrella, right? So we're not talking about 71% of people who engaged in adult coloring felt less stressed. It's just hobbies. So that's you choosing something that you really enjoy and putting it into practice and just seeing how it goes. So I thought that was a really cool one. Um, And the other one that I saw that's more work-focused, which is kind of cool, I talked to a lot of people in my career coaching practice just about how do I, you know, engage more at work? How do I become more productive? My mind is going in a million different directions between life and kids and what we're having for dinner and my self-care and wellness. There's just like, ah, just take a breath because that was just, you know, maybe triggering for you. But from a work perspective, when we're thinking about productivity, the Journal of Occupational and Organizational Psychology actually found a positive correlation between doing creative hobbies outside of work. So not, you know, hobbies being on the social committee at work or anything like that, like a hobby that's outside of work. They found that there was a correlation between those hobbies and increased creativity and problem solving skills in the workplace. So it actually directly translated to a person's ability to, you know, be high performing within the workplace, which I think is also really cool. So when we're talking about hobbies, we'll talk about this in a minute, but when you're kind of putting up those barriers like, well, this isn't productive or this isn't going to be moving the needle on my big goals or blah, 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 think back to this stat and it's actually going to be helping you in the workplace. Now, I know that you know that nurturing your own self-care, development, hobbies is good for you. So I'm not going to spend our you know, short amount of time today in this episode with convincing you of this. I'm not going to convince you that hobbies are great because I feel like you already know that. But I'm going to help you to really narrow down what it is that you love to do. What are the hobbies that you want to engage in? And how can you remove some of the barriers or your perceived barriers to actually engaging in your hobbies? Or maybe just having somebody in your ear telling you, hey, it's okay to go and tackle some of these things that you love. Uh, Maybe that's enough. That's all you need. So today we're going to be talking about removing the barriers, really putting the systems in place so that you can enjoy and engage in some of the hobbies that you might have been putting off for a while. Okay, so I've got five ways for you to get back to or get into some new hobbies as a busy working parent. First off, I want you to tap back into what you love. And this sounds really basic, but I want you to think about what is it that you love to do when you were younger? I ask all of my coaching clients this. I've I've talked about this on previous episodes where we're talking about career changes and looking at your next career steps. What did you love to do when you were younger? It's such an interesting question. When you tap back into that, you're like, oh, wow, I did a lot of sports or I was really into creative arts. I personally was into musical theater. So while my hobby, and we'll get into this, but my hobby might not be going back and doing a musical because that's a huge, huge, huge time commitment. What are some of the areas of musical theater that really, really brought me enjoyment? And is there a way that I can bring that into my current life, my current situation? Another thing you can think about, this is kind of a funny one, but was is would be what are you saving on Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest? All these platforms have ways that we can save things. And I'm not sure if you're in that space where you are kind of scrolling through Instagram or TikTok and you're like, oh, that's so cool. I'm going to save this and try this later. And then you've got this folder that is overflowing with recipes or crafts or DIYs or things that you're like, oh, I want to come back to this, but you never do. And that's okay. I think what's really interesting about those folders is what you can do is you can go back into them and you can say, huh, there seems to be a bit of a theme. I seem to be saving a lot of cake baking recipes or something like that. And it can kind of give you a bit of a nod in the direction of, oh, maybe I want to be exploring baking or cooking 
or DIY projects around the home. And it can kind of help you to tap into what it is that you might find a lot of enjoyment out of or something that you just want to try. Another question would be if you are, you know, chatting with friends or acquaintances, if you watch YouTube bloggers or vloggers or whatever it is, and you see other people doing things and you're like, oh my God, that looks so cool. My sister does pottery. She does wheel pottery. I don't even know what that's called, but you know, when you got the big clay and you have a wheel and it's spinning and you're throwing the clay or whatever it is, uh, she does that. And every time we talk about it and she gives me like a beautiful piece of her pottery, I'm like, oh, I really, really, really want to do this. And so, I mean, that's a huge indication of something that you could try tackling or you could try uh, taking a step towards. So for me right now, wheel pottery, <laughs> I really should have looked up what it's called, uh, is something that's probably not quite something I'm ready for just because I don't have a consistent schedule and it takes a lot of time. But hey, could I buy a bit of Fimo clay or some clay from Michael's or Amazon and just like do a bit of clay work at home? Like that could be something, a small step that I could take in that direction. Now, a huge watch out for this would be making sure that you're not going towards something that you're putting the word should in front of. I'm such a broken record with this, but anytime you add the word should in front of something, that is a red flag. Now, sometimes we have to do things, but uh, just watch that word shoulds. If you're like, oh, I should be doing X or should be doing Y, that's probably an indication that it's not a hobby and it's more of an obligation or maybe something that is just part of the to-do list. Here's your second step. Figure out what's stopping you from attacking this hobby or engaging in this hobby. Is it time? Do you just feel like you don't have enough time? Are there financial reasons? Do you feel like there's a lot of hobbies that you want to engage in that just require a really large financial commitment and you're just not really in a place where you want to commit that right now? Is there overwhelm? Just a general sense of, I have so many things and so many hobbies that I want to try that I just don't even know where to start. Or is there something that you have actually tried in the past and you just didn't really like doing it? And you've put it back on your list to try it again. And so there just isn't that sense of, you know, desire to try it again. It's kind of a funny one, but it's actually, it's more common than you think where you're like, oh, I really want to, okay, I should try crocheting again because, you know, everyone in my family crochets and they're all really, really great at crocheting, but you've tried it before and you actually didn't really like it. It didn't bring you a sense of calm. It was maybe a little bit stressful, a little too complicated, but you still have it on your list because you're like, oh, I should, I should try that again. That right there, that should or that sense of obligation is probably one of the reasons that might be stopping you because you don't really feel that motivated because you've tried it before and you didn't really like it. So just think on some of those reasons. You know, what is it that's stopping you? And if you're in a space where you're like, well, I just don't feel like this is a good use of my time, kind of like this is going to be a theme throughout this episode, like there's a million other things that I could be doing. Remember that research that I was talking about before about how this investment of time can actually help you to be pr more productive and happier in other areas of your life. So don't see it as if I'm not doing this, I'm not doing the a million other things on my to-do list. See it as if I invest this time now, it's going to pay off elsewhere. Number three, assess what time that you could commit to this hobby. So this is all about being practical and realistic. If you're in a season of life like me, where you've got really sporadic nap windows, you've just got to work within that reality. Or maybe your kids are a bit older and they have a pretty consistent schedule because they go to school and they come home at a certain time and they have soccer on this day and they've got dance on another day. So regardless of what season you're in, just think about what time you have to be able to commit. 
not Joe down the road, not Joanne beside her. Like, what do you have that you can actually give to a hobby? And what this can do is it can help you to take that list of things that you're like, oh, here are some of the things that I'd really love to try. So from step number one, looking at the things that you've done in the past or that you've saved on Instagram or TikTok or wherever, and really start to narrow it down by being like, okay, I've got sporadic 30-minute windows, which means that I can't sign up for a two-hour pottery class every Tuesday night. I mean, for me, that wouldn't work. I'm really, really excited to try a pottery class, but I can't do that right now because my baby won't take a bottle. So I am the sole nourishment provider and that's just the reality and that's okay. Uh, That can go on my later list but it's not my reality right now. So I've got to think of, okay, if I want to engage in some hobbies, what are ones that I could do that could be sporadic, really random? I could just pick it up really easily and it could be done safe from home. Fourth, commit. So when I was in school to become an executive coach, we talked a lot about commitment and enrollment with our clients and how do we support our clients in becoming committed to the process of coaching and implementing the action items that they set out to achieve their goals. We talked about this a lot because it's all well and good, say, you know, from the example of coaching, it's all well and good to have a great conversation, but it doesn't do anybody any good if you don't follow through afterwards. So just like that, uh, with hobbies, it's all well and good, again, to save things in Instagram and TikTok. But if you don't commit and follow through, then it actually can create a negative effect on you because then you've got this desire in your heart or in your brain, and then you start to feel guilty about it because you're like, I've saved all these things and I never commit and so on and so forth. It can be really detrimental to our mindset. You might be hearing baby noises in the background, and this is just the reality. He's trying to go to sleep and... uh, and uh, again, talking about sporadic windows, this is, uh, this is just my reality right now. So thanks for, thanks for sticking with me. So commitment, uh, one really easy way to commit to something would be to put a bit of financial commitment behind it. Now, I know this isn't always going to be possible for everybody, but it doesn't have to be a massive financial commitment. But there's so much research that's done about, you know, courses or webinars or things like that that you purchase online. Even if you put like a 5 or a $20 commitment towards something, you're just a bit more engaged because you're like, I paid for this. So I'm going to show up. Um, scheduling, having a friend go along with you. Um, those are different other types of commitments where you can, it, it can just help a bit more. So putting it in the schedule or signing up for something with a friend so that you feel committed to them, that can be really helpful. Before the fifth step, pause and think, if this were to happen for me, how would I feel? Is it something that I'd be excited to keep going with? Is it something that I feel a bit of dread around? And if that's the case, I know you wouldn't necessarily think that that would actually be the case after going through this whole process, but you never know. You might have come up with something that's just kind of down the wrong path. If you're really thinking about it and you're not wildly pumped to go and tackle this hobby, then just stop and redo steps one to four. So I had to say that before we get into the fifth and final step, which is enrollment. And this is a really big constant in any sort of coaching that I do or advice giving or consulting. It's who do you need to enroll to make this happen? I know I'm a broken record, but there's logistics and there's planning that comes with having a family. And so who do you need to enroll to make this happen for you, whether it's caregivers or partners? Can you get them enrolled and excited in the process with you? Can you tell them a bit about the why behind it and what is lighting you up about this hobby so that the next time you go to do the hobby and you're about to bail, that person can say, no, no, like I've got this, go, go and enjoy. 
this actually happened recently with my husband where I have had been doing a workout class the last couple of weeks on Monday mornings and they have childcare there so I can bring my baby and it's just really easy because I can feed him just before and then I could feed him after if I need to. So it's been really great. And we had a bit of a scheduling conflict this week and my husband literally asked me, okay, what do, what could I do to help you make this happen? And I thought that was just so cool, but it's because I enrolled him in the process. I wasn't just doing this kind of on my own blindly and he just didn't know. Um, he was kind of part of the process. And so who can you enroll to help you do that? Now, I know that with hobbies, these types of things and these types of 20-minute episodes can seem a lot easier and just you can listen to this and be like, yeah, easier said than done, Andrea. But I know that you could start off with something small. So my tip for you would be to tackle something super small. If it's a 15, 30-minute hobby versus a two-hour bi-weekly commitment or weekly commitment, what's something small that you can try and have fun with it? I would love to hear what you're trying out. I love hobbies so much. So please let me know, send me a message and let me know what you were trying out and how it's going for you. Thank you for listening. You can access all resources mentioned in this episode via my website, andreabar.com slash podcast. And let's chat on Instagram. I'm at andreabarcoaching and I reply to every DM I get. If you loved this episode, don't forget to quickly hit that button on your podcast app to give me a five-star rating and drop in a review. It would truly mean the world. And if you're like me and love to share things that you love, send this episode to a friend who you think would appreciate this topic. Thanks again for listening and I'll chat with you next week.